predators and prey, sharpen your claws against daddy's leather couch, eat your carrots to improve your vision du nuit, and crunch, crunch, munch, munch, I taste you with my teeth. <laughs> because it's time to talk tall to me. <laughs> Welcome back, I am Omen Thomas Sade. And I am Nick McGill. Together we are feckless smomes. And this is Talk Tall to Me. A cat and mouse game in the sweaty panic of prog rock in which Night Stalker Nick and Omnivore Omen will patiently lay in wait for every single tasty track that three steps ahead of the game rock band Jethro Tull has ever sent out on reconnaissance. With our forward-facing eyes and sensitive rotary ears, we will startle each note with a powerful David Pegg pounce. We will manage a magnificent Martin maneuver and go for the Jerry Conway jugular. In the thrill of the hunt, we will develop PJV syndrome, paws juicy and vermilion. And if we sharpen our senses, we may have a chance to catch that rarest prey of all, the elusive flute pheasant. Ian, attack from the back and get the stack in the sack. Anderson. Now, every intro, for Ian's <laughs> sake, could be cat-themed. Could really yeah, it work. It could be. It could be. But and this one was. This one was. Delightfully so. Yes. More broadly, more broadly, predator-themed. Predator-prey relationship-themed. Fair enough. Yes. We, you can attribute the predator-prey to any animal, man or otherwise. Man or mammal. Mammal. Nick? Hello, and this is our podcast. I'm so pleased to see you again. And I'm excited to talk tall about another Jethro Tull song today. Sure, right. Is this a new one for you? I would say that it is. Yeah, okay. That's exciting. Is this one of those, like, brand new or, like, heard once but couldn't remember it anyway kind of thing? I really think this is a brand new one for me because I... I read over the lyrics earlier today, and I didn't. It didn't ring any bell for me at all. Hmm. Did not. Didn't warm your, warm your haggis. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> yeah. Th- I, I rethought it in the moment. I'm still rethinking it, and I regret it. I've got a chill running down my tripe at the moment. <laughs> I love tripe. Do you like tripe? God. Are you tripe what man. What is wrong with you? Oh my no. gosh. Good luck has a tripe and oxtail ragu that is. Phenomenal. That is the only form of tripe that I've ever enjoyed. Yeah. And it's mainly because of the oxtail. Yeah, right, right. And it's in that, that really tasty tomato sauce. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of our favorite restaurant, let's heat up this episode. <laughs> let's heat up these leftovers. <laughs> and talk about the song, Heat. Let's do it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Oy, 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 oying, Nick. How do you feel about the heat right now, woman? Bring it on. I I don't know that I can handle the heat, but I want to try. 
you you want to experience it for yourself to then decide whether you want to get out of whether it or, or not. not it was a mistake <laughs> <laughs> i tell you what pour me a glass of milk yep mm-hmm. and let's get into this heat yeah right that's a that's a great dairy dairy's a great idea yeah <laughs> this song kicks hard it's a beastie it's a hard one yeah i really really like it there's so much going on in this obviously that i'm excited to talk about but but just what a fun song to listen to. Also, one of the longer ones off this track. It's like five and a half minutes long. Yeah, we haven't we haven't seen those kind of what we think of as traditional tall seven-minute songs a lot on this album. But this one, yeah, it starts to creep up there. Mm. And yet it doesn't feel like it's too long. Uh, it gets a little repetitive at the end for me. I said it doesn't <laughs> feel like it's too long. Omen, we we are the therapist said that we can have separate opinions about things. Thank you for reminding me about that. <laughs> we are a separate entity. No, it's yeah, I can see I can see how you in my enthusiasm for hearing this song for the first time, I think I've maybe glossed over the potential for it feeling too long to someone else. Oh sure, for for the first couple of listens, yes, 100% very exciting to experience all all five and a half minutes of it yeah yeah and it's not and it's not bad like it's not like it gets bad or anything no it's all it's all the the repeats and the extensions on it feel like oh yeah i know why this is here right yeah it's with purpose yeah whether you agree with it or not you can understand it Mm -hmm. right this song has jumped to the very top of my list of songs that you and i are going to make a music video of Ooh. Do you have something in mind already? Like for this song? Yeah, for the music video, yeah. Well, it'd be, you know, it'd be a typical kind of like mom noir <laughs> chase scene with lots of jump cuts to us just being dumb. And out of breath the whole time. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I like it. We'll, we'll set that as a Patreon goal. Perfect, perfect. Yeah. What do you, how do you, uh, how do you feel about this song, Nick? It's fun. It's very fun. I like the the funkiness of it. I like it when it gets when it decides to go full synth, boy howdy does it 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 breaks the chains off of the synth and it goes and it's a really fun decision and it works really well, I think. It's quite interesting hearing what the synth does. There's one point in it kind of I guess toward the middle where the synth is going something like that and and for a while i was like oh is that the guitar and then it modulates down a little further and it Mm. reveals itself to be the synth and it's like oh my god that's the synth making that sound that's crazy yeah there's some very very silly sounds in here in the i before we go any further i want to say that that opening like kind of intro bit with the flute and the piano synth is very Uh very beautiful very very pretty it reminds me of some of the better composition for video games that's out there. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. That kind of, you know, it has that a little bit kind of arpeggiated. But in a way that's entrancing, but also invigorating. Feels like that could go on for a long time.
that sound, there's not enough of that sound in my opinion. It's, it's just very pretty. You could do with more. I could do with more of that, yeah. Yeah, and then and then we get the, the drum machine kicking in. It's hammering in the back. It's not terrible. It's there, you know, it's the drum, it's Drumatron. And then then things start to, to really pick up and get hotter, if you will. I will. When Martin kicks in. Martin, yeah. I would say that Martin and uh, and PJV are really playing back and forth with each other quite excitingly with the with the music of the song, with the way that it's composed. Mm-hmm. We have the flute not as much. The flute kind of comes into echo and comment here and there, but it's not a, a main driving force instrument. Yeah, it's it's incidental. And there was a flute incident. There's, oh, no one survived. <laughs> the other musical factor that is in here is Ian's voice. Yes, I was I was just about to talk about how how we, the 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 whole tone of the song shifts when he starts singing. When the rats are running. And then he that's that's what takes the lead through the bulk of the song in my opinion aside from the 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 kind of the bridges and stuff obviously, but it's but he he really carries this song on his back and he's just rocking it out. It's great. It really he really is pushing into some of that that sting vocal range. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's going really high with it and it sounds awesome. It's good. It's really really good. And not only not only is is he hitting these these new levels that sound great. In particular with this song, it's so gosh darn fast. Mm-hmm. It's five and a half minutes of very, very fast that it's you're just you are along for the ride on this song. And and boy, howdy, it's nice to get swept away in this. It's really it's really a pleasant song to to, to just kind of let go with. It bridges the gap for me between a more standard listenable scansion and the typical Ian Anderson always on the left foot scansion. Yeah, there's some great moments. Uh, I love Four heads on a tin plate. Four heads on a tin plate. Rather than kind of doing a, a catch step with four and, and and emphasizing heads on a tin plate, it's four heads on a tin plate. Mm. The, the way that the, he's creating the rhythm there is really interesting. Yeah, as he does, as he's known to do. Also, Martin, speaking of Martin is playing with some punk rhythms. We talked about this on a previous song. But just just in that section where the rats are running, da da da. When the rats are running. Yeah, he's heavy and shreddy and he's playing on the upbeat as well, mm. which is a very typical punk thing. Okay. I and mean, this isn't a punk song obviously, but it right. it, it does seem to be playing with some of those elements. But I, I think I think once you once you start tiptoeing into into the pop territory that we're feeling with this album, you're not far away. Pop, punk, rock, they're all kind of a Venn diagram that can work together. They're flavors of a similar kind that that are when mixed in the right proportions really do work. Yeah, and we are experiencing some of the alchemy of that magic here. I mean, mm-hmm. really from a from a totally different direction than anyone else has ever come at it, I do feel like this is probably the closest that we're getting to prog pop. Can I say that? Mm, Did I say mm-hmm. that just now out loud? 
Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that you did. Okay. What is the number for the Witness Protection Program, Nick? Just so I have it on me. I, I can't tell you on air. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot how it works. Then the witnesses would not be protected. Can you remind me where my Witness Protection Program house is? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mobile, Alabama. Ah, that's it. 47 Middle Street. A wonderful place to be gay. <laughs> yeah. We get a lot, speaking of, of going back to Ian's voice here, we get a lot more of the vocal ejaculations, the flavorful interjections, if you will. We got ooze at grab your credit cards. Ooh. Yeah. Then, From the drawer, we get like three layers of background singers going, drawer. Your passport from the drawer. Yeah. We get a deep at resources and vacation. We get, whoo. on your resources. Uh-huh. And even the very first thing that we hear is, get out of the heat. Get out of the heat. Oh, sure. The layers. Yeah. Yeah. The vocals in this one are fun. It's kind of like vocal acrobatics. You know, on the one hand, you have the the actual singing, which is really, really high, and then, and really tuneful, Mm -hmm. really melodic, perhaps. Mm -hmm. But then everywhere else, you have all these little stunts, these vocal stunts, almost. Yeah. Here, he's turning a backflip. Over there, he's doing a a somersault. And it's not just backflip, backflip, backflip. Like, there's there's a lot to it. He's doing so much. It's backflip, pas de beret, flock, flock. Flock, Vogue, Death Drop, Splits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is, and it really adds to the song. It's really fun. I, I think I think they, this song is stacked so perfectly and precariously that if there was like just one single more element, it would be too much. It'd be too busy. Uh-huh. But I, as it stands, I love the madness mm-hmm. of the song, of the, the, the sound of the song. And, and like we've been talking for every song this album so far, it really fits the mindset of our hero. Exactly. At this point in, in the story. I was going to say that in listening to the song, there are some parts musically where you know, one instrument will be going really hard, really fast, and you'll hear it start to fade out, and you'll, I kind of caught myself thinking, ah, good, a little break. And immediately, something else comes in to take its place just as fast, just as hard. Mm-hmm. So there's nowhere to rest, which yeah. fits very thematically with the song. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, I'm honestly, I'm a little surprised. I don't remember which one it was, but I'm, I'm a little surprised we don't have another instance of, like, the, the heavy breathing at one point in this song. Mm. I don't remember which... Was that? That was Saboteur. She Wolf by Shakira. Was it Lap of European? I don't remember. Yeah, yes, it was. It was She Wolf by Shakira. We mentioned it in that track, but I don't remember which one it was. But yeah, with give, given the context and just the the general manicness of the song, I'm shocked there's not a a panting going on here. And finally, for me, mus- musically, I just, I, I got to say again, that, that breakdown in the bridge with the synth just going bananas. Yeah. Just multiple layers of synth just going ham. So fun. So, so very fun.
part of the reason that I kind of imagine this as a music video is because there's so much to play with in terms of the different musical textures, mm-hmm. the different constructions. It feels very architectural. It feels very much like, you know, a, a, a film noir scene where where you're you're running through the the horizontal and the vertical lines that create a city, and then you, once in a while you have you know a harsh diagonal. You mm. have the. It reminds me of a of a graphic novel where you have the panel and then you have rain cutting across it. Yeah. In this kind of gray scale, it's really gorgeous. I'm I'm really genuinely excited about this song. It's got our trench coat budget is going to have to be huge. <laughs> Too many trench coats. It's got a Sin City thing going a little bit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's very theatrical. It's very cinematic. It 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 paints the picture. And granted, all of the foundation that has been set up until this point really really helps us to to experience that. But it's it really does have that feel. That's an amazing point. You know, as a as a completely standalone song, this would be great. Mm-hmm. But as given where it lies in the overall album and even its spot in the album right between nobody's car and under wraps Two, mm-hmm. serves to to lift it to frame it in such a way that it's it's even more satisfying yeah before we get to that why don't we stop and change the horses okay yeah yeah their tires are a little flat yeah yeah Whoa, whoa, whoa. Easy, easy. Whoa, Seraphim. Nice. Galadriel, take it easy. Here, let me uh, let me grab that brush from you. Yeah. You don't mind here. Curry comb that. This is nice. You got you got the, the mahogany curry comb for Galadriel there. Well, yeah, of course. Only the best for Galadriel. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of curry, do you know the the origin of the phrase to curry favor? I do actually. You do I? You I probably do. heard it on the Illusionist, where the, I probably that's where I did. Heard it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But tell me, tell me, tell me about it, because I love it. It's it's one of those phrases that kind of morphed over time. Where it's a Mondegreen. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was originally to curry Favel, mm-hmm. which was a specific king's horse, and if you wanted to get on the king's good side, you would you would go and curry Favel. Currying, meaning to to brush with yes, a curry brush to br- to brush the 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 horse down, right? And and eventually, when fable was not a was not a reference that anyone understood, it probably kind of gradually morphed into favor. So, which makes more sense for what the term is impl- is saying. And if yeah, it fit perfectly in there too, which is yeah, yeah. It's it's almost like a backronym, but not quite. <laughs> whoa, 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 easy. Oh. Oh wow, Seraphim it's got the is oat bucket here. Yeah, did you ginger Seraphim before we got here? That's I gingered her. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm gonna cinnamon her next. Oh, delicious. Soaker and cloves. So we don't have anything album related. I just want to point out a fun little tidbit that our friend of the pod, James Duncan Anderson, wrote in the other day. JDA. JDA. Drum fill. JDA provided a great little insight into our being ignorant Americans <laughs> and said, I was listening to one of the podcasts the other day and Locke Korowisk came up. 
One of our cats was named Kulin, and we frequented Loch Corwisk, so I would hear the name spoken by the local fisherman who would take us out there. And he provided two YouTube clips of pronunciation. So Loch is obviously, obviously we know Loch is Loch. Mm-hmm. It's got the, yeah. it's got the, the guttural. And Corwisk, I'll try and drop in the clip. It's very difficult to hear, but it's, it's basically all just run together. It's like Corwisk. I can't even do it. It's very fascinating. It's a loch. The loch is where we're heading. It's Korsk. Korsk. All just Korsk. Korsk. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sending that in and and you know doing your best to help us, help ourselves. Greatly appreciated, James Duncan Anderson. We appreciate you reaching out. We appreciate your assistance, and appreciate that you're listening. And we we highly flattered that you are listening, absolutely. If we had a massive budget, we would go to every single place that was mentioned just to talk to a local guide yep. mm-hmm. who would be able to tell us the exact pronunciation. However, lacking that budget and having spent all of our money on trench coach and action fedoras for the upcoming music video, we are relying on these little YouTube clips that are sent out to us. So thank you very much. What's the... What's the what makes an action fedora any different from regular fedora? It stays on your head better. Okay. It's just snug. It's got a glue strip in the inside. Oh, nice. That's the expensive part. That's where right. you, you know, but you, you know, you get what you pay for. The spirit gum budget is just through the roof. It's through the roof. <laughs> okay, Omen, I think you brought up a really good point. I agree. <laughs> Whatever it was, it was great. That we are so embedded in this this story all told, it really I think it would behoove us to think about the last song that we heard. I I do too, and and in fact I, I want to take it even a little further back than that because I've I've switched my position a couple times on this album, just like Ariana Grande, I'm switching up positions for this song. Interesting, but you know I. I when we first started listening to it, I was like, oh, yeah, we're going to figure out what the ongoing linear narrative of this story is. And then a little while later, I was like, well, there is no linear narrative. It's just <laughs> yeah. selections from. Right. And now I'm starting to modify sort of both of those into a third opinion, which is that this is a – that the story itself may not be linear, but our experience of listening to it is linear. Right. And the experience is it is designed, it is curated for a linear listening experience, and this mm. song is the proof of that. Okay, interesting. <sighs> interesting. Why, why is this one the, the pin in it all? Why is this one the, the very proof of it? Because if you go back a little bit, let's just, let's just, let's just go back a couple of songs. Okay. You know, th- there, are, there are peaks and valleys to any narrative. There are there's a lot of research done actually into into narrative and the the forms that it takes and you can see some of those here you can see the the hero's beginning the launching point you can mm-hmm. see the the dream phase where everything is going according to plan you can see the nightmare phase where everything is starting to get more difficult you can see you know the entrapment where the the hero is unlikely to escape from this hemmed in scenario and then you have the extraordinary reversal, which is kind of where we're at here. So, you know, if you look at European legacy, it's like, oh, yeah, everything is everything is amazing. I'm like this so super cool spy I'm falling in love. Later that same evening, Saboteur, that starts to get into the more frustration period. Mm-hmm. Radio Free Moscow, astronomy, 
you know, elements of a resurgence of things going well, but also a certain level of frustration. Tundra and Nobody's Car start to get into this feeling of like really the the impossible danger, the impossible no escape from moment. Right, yeah. You know, where the hero is is literally, it's like where James Bond is trapped under ice and you're like, oh my God, he's going to die right here in the middle of the movie. What will they do? What will the rest of the film be about? There's another hour of England morning James Bond. But Heat reverses that strong feeling of being stuck, being hemmed in, being chased down that we get in Nobody's Car and Tundra to a certain extent. And now the singer is the predator and Mm. has got his mark on the run. Right, so... Is it chronologically he is he has saved himself or is this just another it, could this have fallen beforehand or or did he turn the tables you know I don't know and I don't know that it fits into an actual linear narrative but I think yeah. that the the way that these moments in time these little scenes are presented gives the listener the feeling of it being a a a, a linear narrative it, it does I think just by virtue of human nature we want it to all be like beginning middle and end we want it to flow we have a need to to do that our brains are wired that if you give a a human being two or three points of information that have nothing to do with each other they will draw a narrative in between those to connect the dots because we have to do that that we we are compelled to do that by our our nature seeking patterns where they exactly most likely do not belong yeah and so, you know, at the end of Nobody's Car, I had this feel I don't know how you were feeling, but I felt this like real like, oh my god, what's going to happen to him? Yeah. What's going to happen to our hero that we don't even really know that well? Right. And it, but it, it it was ambiguous to the point where we didn't know if he was getting pulled in by the enemy, if they were his handlers. So this leads me if we're thinking straight line here, this leads me to think they were actually there to help him out, give him more information, get him, transport him to some place where he can do the next step of the plan, which is this, hunting down Ivan. And, oh, oh, freaking Ivan. Ivan, always causing trouble. Well, and my human brain, which is a little bit different, imagines that he was caught, he was in some horrible situation. There's a whole song that we don't hear, which is about him being... Hooked up to a, a car battery. Exactly. <laughs> You know, I almost, in my mind, I flip the position of nobody's car and Tundra. So he gets caught, That's, he goes yeah. to the gulag, and then miraculously, in a way that we don't even know, so we have to kind of imagine it ourselves, mm-hmm. he gets the drop on it, he gets, he gambles, he, he pulls the card that is, you know, 100 to 1 that he would possibly pull in that situation, and he now has got the enemy on the run. He's called in his resources. He's mm-hmm. he gets captured. He's the kind of it's the kind of scene where he gets captured, and 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 the the evil captain is like, "Oh, what have you got to say for yourself?" And the hero says, "Well, finally, I've got you surrounded." <laughs> yeah, there's he's he's pretty he's pretty cocksure in this song. He's pretty confident. Get out of the heat. Get out of the heat. What is the heat? The heat, he is, is being in trouble, basically, you know, mm-hmm. the heat is being followed, being, being made. Yeah. It's also a slang term for the police. Oh, true. True. And I think, I think gunfire too is, isn't that, isn't that heat as well? A heat, heat, a heat. Yeah. Heat. 
Heat can be gunfire, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, pressure, overall, you're in deep. If you can't handle the heat, yeah, get out of the fire. Get out of the Why are you in there? <laughs> don't, don't be in the fire. Stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> if, you, if you can't handle the heat, stop, drop, and roll. Yeah, right. Okay. When the rats are running and the boys are gunning for heads on a tin plate, you can hear the footfall softly in the backyard, and the blackjack is called Face Up on the last card. When the rats are running and the boys are gunning for heads on a tin plate, you can hear the couple of interesting things here. Mm-hmm. I feel like, okay, so the, the rats running, to me, is a little bit of a nautical metaphor, but could be applied to general rat behavior. Oh, yeah. Rats abandoning a sinking ship kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Rats often know when a, a structure is in trouble before the humans do. And will will scarper. Right. So if you see rats suddenly leaving the place where you are, something bad might be about to happen. Yeah. And the boys, that to me sounds like the backup of this agent. Mm, mm-hmm. And also the the rats could be, think of a rat, someone who tells on someone. Yeah, could be absolutely. That. Rats yep. are lowly creatures, so like they're the bottom of the barrel of this this agency. They're chasing the, the little guys first for whatever reason, you know. Or to, they're the informants. To you know, hopefully you... be the rat. Right, exactly. You've yeah. caught someone and now they're a stool rat. A stool. Yeah. A stool, a stool rat? A stool pigeon. Yeah. A stew rat. I was thinking of a stew rat. Oh, delicious. Lovely. And you can hear the footfalls softly in the backyard. That makes, you know, we've all seen the images on television and in films of the the SWAT team mm. getting ready to, to do a raid on a building or a house. Slowly taking their position, yeah. Right. And then the blackjack. That's a fascinating little reference. Are you familiar, Nick, with the card game blackjack? I mean, I've I've played it casually. I've never like like officially gambled it. I mean, we would you'd fart around in in like high school and, and middle school playing blackjack. So I mean, I, I know a, roughly. The object is to get to a value of twenty one, right? Yeah, or the closest to twenty one without going over. And so a jack has a value of ten, an ace has a value of eleven. And so if you have been dealt an ace and you call for another card, you say, hit me, and you get a jack, that is 21. It's unbeatable. And in the old days of playing this game, there would be a 10 to 1 bonus for a black jack. Mm, Okay. And so, and the black jack is called face up on the last card. That's like the ultimate all against all odds. I've got the thing that you know you weren't that you were counting on me not having. I have the information. I'm in the right place in the right time. I've got you to get me right where I want me. <laughs> nice, very nice, very conniving and nice. <laughs> it doesn't say it's not like he. They say he has the ace, but I think it's implied there that it's like the getting that because if if he has a a two and he pulls the blackjack, so what, you know. But but I think it's it's implied there, right? It's the ultimate drop. It's like it's like at the end of Maverick when Mel Gibson gets the the Ace of Spades to finish out his royal flush. It's the equivalent of that. That's a that's a deep cut, Omen. Thank you. I never never in a million years would have expected you to have watched that film. Oh, I love that film. Mm. I love cards. I love uh, I don't play them that much, but I love 
card games. I love stories about gamblers. I think that's all really, really fascinating psychological kind of, you know, how do you deal with the, the probabilities of your in your mind? That that explains the Kenny Rogers tattoo on your back, right? That is. Yeah. Okay. You got to know when to hold them, them being your friends. <laughs> it was really, it was a sweet song. It really was. <laughs> So I mean, all of this is is about about the enemy getting caught out and yes. and being and having so much power that you can even run while you can. Better set the tall sail. I love that he's like, you know what? I'll give you a running head start. I'll close my eyes and, ta- and count to ten. Close my eyes and count to ten. Yeah, there is such a, a confidence here mm-hmm. that it's 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 such a turn turn of the tables again if it is that linear process but like he's he's got all of his pieces in play Mm -hmm. he knows exactly what's going on he's going in for the kill here the predator references you were making with the triptych indeed he's this is the hunt this is the fox hunt basically all of his his little guys are are the dogs and everything is pushing them into this one spot yeah and and so he can be relaxed about it about claiming his prize yeah yeah, every all the all the pieces are in place, so he lo- he can be proud of that. I love the second the second stanza. You'd better call your witness in your dirty business. You'd better call your witness in your dirty business. It's almost like you know what? Just start preparing for the court case at this yeah. point. Like you're not even caught yet, but you know, get get your alibis lined up. You may as well. Yeah. A rare instance of the use of French in a Jethro Tull song. I'm not sure if we've ever seen this before. I feel like maybe a word or two, not a phrase like this. Well, I suppose ensuite. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a more typical typical used in English expression. Yeah, that's more idiomatic than than anything. Just happens to be French. Trotard sera le cri. In this uh, in this verse here means too late will be the cry. So the cry is the words too late, or the cry coming up will be too late. Could be either one. Works either way. Okay. So that comes right after you'd better call your witnesses in, in your dirty business. Too late will be the cry. Better run while you can. So is that is that a common turn of phrase too, to be included in here, or is it literally just a French line here? I've never heard that expression in French. That doesn't mean that it's not one, but I, I, I feel like it is just a, a random French phrase to yeah. add some European flair to it. It's almost like the villain is French, mm. and so it's like, oh, and by the way, moi aussi je parle français. You know, like <laughs> this little thing. Well, and it's also a reference to the to the line previous. You better call your witness, but if you cry for help, it's going to be too late already. Mm, okay. Go ahead, go ahead and cry for help. It's already too late. I like I like the mention you said that it's it's a European thing. I think it, it might tie back to that maybe the European legacy. It's the hey, I've been speaking to you in a Russian accent this whole time, but guess what? And then he he pulls out like a, a British or a French. Yeah. And it's 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 kind of just like extra rubbing it in that I've been nestled in your in your organization this long. There's just one chance to get away. I'll catch up with you another day. I'll close my eyes and, ta- and count to ten and come right after you again. Wow. There's just one chance to get away. I'll catch up with you another day. I'll close my eyes and count to ten and come right after you again. An interesting little 
mixing of imagery with the next line. Grab your credit cards, cash in on your resources, take your passport from the drawer. Don't stop to change the horses. Yeah, that's that's got to be a turn of phrase of just like, take a minute, take a breather, right? To, to change the horses was literally, you know, in the old days, if you were traveling from by carriage from one place to another, if you wanted to get there quickly, instead of stopping and resting the horses, you would change them out for new horses. Mm-hmm. So you could go ultimately faster. Right. But in, in this reference, it's just like, don't even stop for that. Don't stop for anything. If you stop it in order to go faster, you it'll be too late. It's, it's yeah. literally a no-win situation. I love it. Right, 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 right. And then we've got a repetition at the very... Oh, no, it's not quite... It's a little bit of a repetition. Yeah, this is the section where we start going into that bridge. We get all mm-hmm. the the amazing shreddery from, from Martin. Shreds that cheddar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shreds are us. <laughs> and then at the very end, we've got notify all parties of an earlier vacation. Yeah. No use trying to board the train after it's left the station. Notify all parties of an earlier vacation. No use trying to board the train after it's left the station. Again, a reference to it's it's too late. Yeah. Yeah, That's that's really... That's really the takeaway is like you sign sealed delivered like you are donezo just give up. It is. Yeah, it, it's that it's that it's that delicious scene at the end of so many great films where you see the bad guy really on the ropes. Mm, mhm. Trying to you know con or weasel his way out but having exhausted every exit point. Because maybe his own hubris was what ultimately entrapped him. And maybe the hero knew that that was his weak spot. Right. After he just spent a half an hour doing exactly what the hero is doing. Rubbing it in. Gloating. Telling him the whole plan. Yeah. Etc. Yeah. Telling him the plan. Rubbing it out. (laughs) Interesting about the earlier vacation. It's sort of like, you know, make up an excuse for your sudden disappearance. Right. Find someone to water your plants because you'll be gone a while. (laughs) That's that is grim. <laughs> I, I want to use that in the next in my next spy movie that I write. Find someone to water your plants. Yeah, it's good. You better find somebody to water your plants, especially your Madagascar orchid. In fact, I'll take it if you don't mind. <laughs> Leave the cactus. <laughs> oh, the other thing is that we talked about what preceded this song. What comes directly after this song? Yeah, 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 yeah. We definitely wanted to put a pin in this and try to figure out some sort of narrative flow here. We've got that absolutely stunning Under Wraps number two Mm -hmm. after this. Which Under Wraps 2 is the only moment so far that we've had of a sense of relief, a sense mm-hmm. of rest, a, th- a sense of things being in the right place. And I really do feel like, regardless of what the actual story is, you know, regardless of, of whether we say this is a linear story or not, the the narrative dynamics, the dynamics of each song lead you in this kind of increasing state of tension 
up to heat, which is the most tense and the most, you know, exciting, but also victorious, but not very calm. And then, yeah, 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 beautiful yeah. acoustic, keep it quiet, go slow, circulate, need to know. It's the climactic scene where the action finally comes to a head and then you have the victory. A little denouement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whether it's the, the award ceremony at, at, at the end of episode four or... Oh, yes. <laughs> Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> Star Wars reference. Or, or, or just people like finally sitting down to eat at the table or something. And, and it's here it is, the denouement of, of him sitting down with Svetlana, maybe. That seems to be a possible interpretation. Yeah. Now we still have a lot of album to go, so I don't think it's I don't think it's over. It's not over. We've got two more. I mean, technically, under wraps, two falls, obviously. But then we've we've got two more after that, and then there's the two like weird bonus tracks. It's hard to tell what's a bonus track on this album, but they these ones officially got stuck on the end as bonus tracks. So. Paparazzi and Apogee round out the album proper, and then we have Automotive Engineering and General Crossing. The flow of of narrative can repeat. You know, in a good film or in a good novel, Mm -hmm. you have these cycles of everything's going well, everything's slightly frustrated, everything's a nightmare. Oh my God, how how are they going to get out of this situation? Oh my God, they got out of the situation miraculously. Ah, now everything's good again. I mean, that can repeat endlessly. Sure. And so maybe this is just a resting moment in this linear, nonlinear narrative. And, you know, amongst whom of us has a really linear life? Trying to think of a joke for that. I've got nothing for you. It's not because it's not a funny subject. It's not funny. It's actually really depressing, Nick. I wish you would take it seriously. (laughs) No, but I mean, you know, when, when you when you tell the story of someone's life, you try to make it nice and clean and point to point to point to point. Right. But in order to do that, you have to cut out a lot of faff. That's true. Yeah, it is. It is kind of satisfying every now and then to see the the messy side of things. You know, even if it's like a super fantastical, in, in no way can I relate to a super spy mess. You know, at least at least there is some rough parallel. You know, as opposed to just being the perfect flawless superhero or super agent and then it's it's like man eh, what's that's quite boring yeah exactly what's the film where rowan atkinson plays a super spy johnny english johnny english right well and you know some of the bond movies there's a period of time where the bond movies get a little too you can almost feel the you can almost feel society getting sick of the the perfect bond you know you have mm. With the first couple of bonds with with Sean Connery, you do have it. You do have this character who's like, oh wow, he's just so good at what he does. But the genre is new at that at that moment. Sure, right. After a while, you have to you have to have someone like Roger Moore step in and embrace the campy side of it. Yeah, and that that series is that is so long lived that it it really has gone. It has fluctuated with the the times and the, the preferences to. and tastes and. I'm not sure anyone asked for the camp, but it was a, it was a good derivation, and it lasted for a couple, and then it went on to something else, you know? I asked for the camp. You always ask for the camp, though. I always, I say, excuse me, I don't see it on the menu, but do you happen to have any fresh camp? Any camp? <laughs> and they say, <laughs> and they say, we'll see! <laughs> 
and then they walk off wearing flippers. They flounce out. Get out the Nick, what are we listening to next week? Well, as discussed, Under Wraps 2 technically falls in the album. However, I recommend everybody go back and listen to it for chronological sake and just because it's a gosh darn pretty song. It's Gorge. It doesn't gorge me. But since we are not listening to that, we're moving to the next one, and it is Paparazzi. Long before Lady Gaga wrote her Paparazzi, here it was the same title here on Under Wraps. There's also a a woman called Kim Dracula who has a song called Paparazzi. I'm very much looking forward to listening to that next. That sounds like the sort of thing that I would say to you. I know, doesn't it? It does. I'm excited to listen to it now, too. Bizarre. Until next week, grab your credit cards and subscribe to our Patreon. For a pathetic 500 pennies a month, you can gain access to our two additional monthly podcasts, including their back catalogs and our Discord server. You don't even have to cash in on all your resources. Nope. But if you did decide that you wanted to cash in on those resources, you should use that cash to buy Talk Tall to Me merch. There is a huge variety on our Public page, the link to which is waiting patiently in our show notes for you. There's no understanding that's going to help you now, but there is something that can help us, and that's five stars, which you can give us by rating our podcast on your pod platform of choice. It really helps to bring other listeners into the podosphere. We welcome all into our podric arms. Until next week, I am the one chance to get away, Nick McGill. I am head on a tin plate, Omen Thomas Sade. You better run while you can, because we are the feckless momes. And rats, 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 rats. This is Talk Tell to Me. Buy this ticket. I'll get out of. I'll get out of Dusseldorf. They won't catch me. Uh, one, one, six. Insert. Come on, come on. Take my card, you stupid machine. <laughs> what now? What now? Hello. Hello. Is this uh, Mr. Uh, Secret Agent? Uh, um, that's yes, yes. Please don't say that so loudly. Yes, yes. What? What's wrong? What is it? Hi, uh, this is this is Marvin from your credit card company, and we just noticed that uh, there is a, potentially an unauthorized charge in Dusseldorf at a train station. Would you yeah. like us to destroy your card? No, 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 God, please don't destroy my card right now. No, I'm I'm in Dusseldorf. It's me. Um, I'm right here. I'm using the card. Just please, please, whatever you do, don't don't cut it off. I I'm trying to catch a train. All right, we're, we're going to have to do some identity verification, if you oh don't mind, God. before we can confirm this. At your uh, at the, the top of your lungs, could you scream your full legal name, please? Make it's, sure you um, point directly out into that crowd of people. Um, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it a little. I'm going to say it right into the phone. It's, it's, it's Frederick Scambles. 
Francis Campbell. Francis Campbell. F as in Frankenstein, S as in sardonic. God, Frankenstein, Scarlet. Okay. And what about your? Uh, I see that you are dual citizenship. You, you, you're you're half American. Do you have a, a, perhaps a, a social security number that we can have no, for? Uh, you know what? I really I really can't. Can we do this another time? Uh, I've got thir- I've got thirty seconds to catch my if, train. If we if we can't confirm this, I will have to destroy your car. Oh, okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Um, I'm gonna give it to you. I'm gonna give it to you in Russian. It's um, it's Smetsk, Yats Utsht, Yain Grutsht, Fnegend. It sounded slightly Germanic, but uh, I, I, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's, it's in the computer. Yes. And finally, your mother's maiden name? I, um, I, can't, I, I can't say that word, actually. I can spell it out for you, but I, I can't say it. It's, uh, it's kind of a sleeper agent thing. If I say it, um, uh, I'll, I'll trigger a set of skills within myself that I'm, I'm not supposed to deploy until later. Does oh, that okay, make sense? Okay, we can use... This is a, a company card, by the way. This shouldn't can, even be happening. We can use a different security question. How about your, your, pet, your first pet's name? Oh, that was, uh, that was Johnson. Johnson, of course. <laughs> and, and finally, um, what is the, the, the trigger phrase that you use on other agents? Oh. Oh, I see. Oh, credit card company. Oh, I got you. This is my extraction. Oh, thank God. Thank God you called me. Oh, I, I was panicking. I didn't know what was going to happen to me. Uh, we do still need that phrase, sir. It's... It's Tuck Tell to me as a proud member of the Feckless Moms Audio Network. Oh, I love you so much. That's him! Get him! Get him! Oh no!